taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point. Give him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. All right, let's jump into the word. Why don't you guys bow with me in a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you so much for giving us a chance to dive into your word. I pray that in the name of Jesus, that you will speak to us through it, that you will um, unearth something perhaps that we have not seen in your word before. I pray that you will use this time to help us consider how we might activate our Christ-centered mission in the work that we do day to day. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so we are continuing this series, Christ-Centered Careers, and I, I pray that it has been a blessing to you guys. What I've been seeking to convey throughout the course of this series is that when it comes to the work that we do day to day, we should be uh, seeking to bring about the work that aligns with God's mission in that work, right? So we know things that are important to God through scripture. We know that God loves compassion. God's mission is absolutely about compassion. It is about peace. It is about justice. It is about supporting those who are vulnerable. It is about curing inequalities and inequity. Um, so we know those things. God's mission is about fairness. So we know all these things, but oftentimes we relegate that work to the church house, right? What I've been seeking to do throughout the course of this series and also Carla along with me in community groups is to help us take a different view of that mission, right? Not that the mission changes, but I want us to begin to rethink the venue for that mission that the venue for the mission of Jesus Christ is not merely the church house, but it's also the place that we spend many more hours than we spend in the church during the week. The most important place that, 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 um, that mission can work itself out is in our daily vocations, right? Whether it is our day-to-day -day jobs, whether it is our businesses that we run, whether it is the volunteering that we do, that is likely the best venue for us to advance the mission of the kingdom of God. And so I've been help, hoping to push you guys to begin to look at, number one, what are the um, um, things that are already happening in the organizations where you work um, that you can get involved with such that you can add perspective on like what things are pleasing to God. So, um, and, and I don't mean it from a, like you have to go proselytize your workplace kind of perspective, but for instance, if you work in a career and your organization is, uh, or a part of your function is related to 
opening new stores in communities, deciding where it's gonna go, what location, where can we expand this business? A part of Christ Center work in that space is getting the company to consider where they are not looking and what are the, the ramifications of them not looking in those areas, right? And so most companies, they have their sort of target demographic that they go after. And oftentimes that target demographic does not include black and brown folks. And they leave a lot of money on the table. And in turn, we lose access to goods and services that we need in our communities. As a result of not having the goods and services that we need in our communities, our property values suffer. As a result of property values suffer, people have hard times being able to build generational wealth or build equity in their home, which could be used to fix up the, uh, the home, which in turn beautifies the neighborhood. There's a strong trickle down effect. A lot of people uh, lean on the equity in their home to be able to fund their kids college education or provide for themselves during retirement. So it's got a lot of um, both public, like it also has a lot of public health implications, right? Just by companies deciding where to place these stores. So if, if I'm in that sort of position in my organization or can have any sway over it, then what I do is I begin to look from a Christ-centered lens here, right? Start to think that, hey, since God has me in this position, I need to be considering how I can advance principles like equity, like fairness, like justice, like uplift, like all these things through this work that I'm doing. So now when I'm at the table, I am helping make the case for why you should also consider placing one of these stores in Hyde Park, in Bronzeville, in the South Loop, in Inglewood, in Bronzeville, fill, fill in the blank of the area that you want to pitch, uh, in your Homewoods, in your Flossmoors, right? Putting on the radar these places because you know that, that they're going to have impact. Perhaps you work in, in education. Of course, there's advocacy that you can do there. Perhaps you work in uh, some other area of academics or in, in research or in medicine or in healthcare. Again, I think you guys can begin to see in your particular areas, there are ways that you can advance God's mission through some intentionality uh, in your work. So that's what I've been seeking to press upon you guys through this series. And again, Carla's been uh, doing it as well through our community groups on Wednesday. I want to close out this series today. And um I, I, my, my prayer is that this gets us to a good a good place. I want to look at John chapter nine, verse four. And today what I want to talk about is we ain't got all day because we don't. We ain't got all day. And I want to say it just like that. Uh, so looking at John chapter nine, verse four, um, I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. It says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Uh, the contemporary English version says it this way. As long as it is day, we must do what the one who sent me wants me to do. When night comes, no one can work. All right. So a few months ago, or actually a few weeks ago, Carla and I had a tenant move out of a condo. 
And so we hired a cleaner uh, to go in and to clean the place, to help get it ready for um, the place to be viewable uh, again. So uh, I had been there just like the day before and had checked out the place. It didn't need a lot, but it just did need it a good cleaning. Cleaner gets there. He gets there later than he is supposed to, but he lets me know ahead of time that, hey, I need to move some things around in my schedule. So I'm going to get there at about 530. The cleaner gets there. Shortly thereafter, the cleaner sends me a text message. And he says to me that there's only so much I'm going to be able to do today because there's no electricity in the condo. And um, there's only so much cleaning I can do before the sun goes down. Unbeknownst to me, the tenant had requested that the utilities be turned off. And so I was had just been there the day before and the utilities were on. I, I was absent-minded and I did not think that day to call in right away to get the utility switched over. And so here he was ready to clean the place but there was not electricity in the place and the sun was quickly going down and he could only do so much work with the little bit of sunlight that he had left. Uh, this incident reminded me of the realities of the natural world. You see, every day we only get so much daylight under which we can work. At an appointed time, the sun, which seems in never ending abundance at noon, were ultimately set, and that resource that we had taken for granted will ultimately be no more. May I say to you guys that our lives are not all that different. It too, like the sun, is a part of the natural world. It can feel like days, and particularly days of health, are unending and in abundance just as the sun seems to be at noon. But whether we recognize it or not, all of us are slowly headed toward sunset. The reality is we might look young and beautiful and spry today, but the reality is all of us are creeping toward sunset. Uh, you and I are closer to sunset than we were the last time that we were together. We are closer to nighttime than we have ever been before. And that is why passages like this, like John 9 and 4, speak this sense of urgency to me when it comes to doing Christ-centered work. It's because we ain't got all day. Yeah, my, my brothers, my sisters, my sibling, my kin, we, the sun is going down. And just like that cleaner that was in the condo, there's only so much work we can do. Let us work the works of the one who sent us while it is day because nighttime is coming, y'all, when nobody can work. Uh, Jesus, by way of context in this particular story, says these words, or John says that Jesus says these words in John chapter 9. It is upon encountering a man that was born blind. And the disciples have a question that they raise to Jesus. They say, why was this person born blind? Is it because this person sinned? And Jesus clears up and clarifies unequivocally, this has nothing to do with this person's sin. But Jesus does go on record to say that there is some intentionality about this encounter that I am having with him today. 
And it is that there is a particular work that I was sent to do and my work is colliding with his circumstance and I am not going to miss the moment, miss the opportunity to do the work that I have been sent to do because it can have impact on this man's life. Now, understand that that being blind in this particular day and age and in many uh, ages and time um, had significance beyond simply a uh, an impairment. This is a disability that impacts one's ability to provide for oneself and one's family. This is a significant disability in an agricultural society. This uh, blindness tends to automatically push a person into the category of poverty. It tends to displace and marginalize an individual because they do not have the tools and resources needed to provide for themselves and for others. And so the restoration of sight or the giving of sight to this man who was born blind benefits him in many ways and benefits his community and surrounding in many ways. And Jesus does not want to miss the opportunity to make this transformational impact in his life. It is here that John um, continues his I am statement. So John has, I believe it's seven I am statements throughout the gospel of John. And this is one of them because I believe it's in verse five here, the very next verse that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the, the one that gives illumination to the world. So when I look at this passage, there are several things that I want to share with you guys for the sake of this sermon that I see here that I hope will push you as you engage in your Christ-centered careers and realize that we ain't got all day. First of all, the thing that I see in the text is that everyone has an assignment supplied. Yes, everyone has an assignment supplied. Let's look at the verse one more time. It says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Uh, here in the passage, it, it alludes to a work that has been given to an individual, a work that has been assigned to an individual. And, 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 and here, uh, Jesus is saying that I want to do that work that is assigned to me. May I suggest to you that, that there are no um, um, unassigned people within the kingdom of God. Yes, if you are a Christian, you have an assignment. Now, there was uh, much ado about a book called The Purpose Driven Life, and there was an entire movement that was centered around it. And I, I think that it led many people to frustration as they sought to figure out what is that purpose? What is that one thing that God has placed me on earth to do? In fact, one of the opening lines of the book is, what on earth am I here for? And I, I think that although well-intentioned uh, Rick Warren was, I think that the danger that comes out of or that came out of the book for many people is this danger of sensing that there is one particular grand thing that God has called us to do and that we need to spend our lives looking around and searching and trying to find like what is that purpose and being afraid that perhaps I'm not operating or living in my purpose. I want to push against that. 
And I want to say that the way that one should approach this idea of assignment or purpose is what is the mission of the kingdom of God? And in what way can I busy myself getting into good trouble, doing the good work for the kingdom of God? Yeah, you may pick um, um, doing the good work for the kingdom of God in the business space. You may uh, pick up doing the good work of the kingdom of God in the corporate space. You may pick up doing the work of the kingdom of God as a contractor. You may pick up doing the work as the, in, uh, in the kingdom of God. You may pick it up uh, being a stay-at-home parent. You may pick it up in any area. The key is to tap into the mission of the kingdom of God, the ethics of the kingdom of God, and busy yourself with intentionality, being disruptive for the kingdom of God. That is what it looks like to be on purpose. And so I raise a question to you this morning. What's your assignment? What is the assignment that you are working on right now? We have been in this series for uh, a month now. I want to push you. What, what is your assignment? And in what ways have you been engaging? Have you been uh, getting into good trouble or beginning to consider the ways that you might get into good trouble, advancing the mission of the kingdom of God, through your day-to-day -day work. Perhaps it is making the invisible visible, making the overlooked visible. Perhaps it is um, bringing, helping uh, through being a peacemaker simply within your organization. Perhaps it is uh, the work of uh, bringing about uh, equity and justice in education. Perhaps it is doing that same thing in healthcare. Perhaps it is bringing fairness into, um, into the space of construction and, and, and household contractor work. What is your assignment? Uh, give you this illustration. So, um, so Layla's PTA for her school uh, sent out an email uh, several, uh, I guess it was about a month ago. And it was about the school's annual ice cream social that was coming up. So annual uh, ice cream social is coming up. They send out this, uh, this email and they're looking for volunteers. But what I noticed about what they did was that they did not say to us in this email, you person, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And I need you to do this thing. No, instead what they did was they sent, uh, sent us a link in the email. And for everybody that wanted to volunteer, there was within this link, there were different categories or different areas uh, in which they needed help and support. And there were also time slots for each area. And all we did there was just type in our name in one of the slots to say, I'm able to do it during this time and I'm able to do this particular thing. When I think about that, I think about how I believe it functions uh, in the body of Christ. When it comes to our assignment, when it comes to our purpose, I, I believe that it functions this way. We understand from God through reading his word, through reading God's word, we understand what the mission of God is. What, what is God seeking to do in the earth? And then from there, that is effectively our volunteer list. That, that is uh, effectively the, the areas of need that need to be supported in this world. 
From there, it is up to us to decide how we want to get in where we can fit in to do some work to busy ourselves on behalf of the kingdom of God. That is how we engage with our with our assignment. Yes, God gives us options in the way that the PTA gave me options. Let me push on and say not only does everyone have an assignment supplied, but let me say that everybody, that everyone has an appointed season. I'm still in the same verse, still in verse four. It says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Notice here in the text that there is this emphasis that Jesus has about day and night. He is effectively, he is expressing these, uh, these issues of seasonality that he understands. And he wants to, to help them get why there is a sense of urgency. He says, effectively, it's important for me to do this and to do this now. Why? Because it is the appointed time. It is the appointed time. Let me say to y'all, I have been, I have had several passings happen uh, within my um, just like circle of community of people that I know that have happened in the last month or so. And it has made me more and more sensitive to the fact that uh, time is not unlimited, that there is a sense of sense that there needs to be a sense of urgency of time because time is not guaranteed to time is not guaranteed to be there for us to do the work that we need to do. Yeah, all of us have an appointed season. The appointed season, as I said in the introduction, we are all creeping towards sunset. Your sunset is different than mine, but neither of us know it. And so it is important for us to do the work that we have been sent to do. Again, that work that we have been sent to do is not necessarily one particular thing, but it is that Christ-centered work. It is to do it. It is to get busy with it now. There is an urgency of now. Work during the day can be challenging, y'all. I remember building a deck and um, I would try to get up early in the morning to try to build this deck. And um, the reason I would try to get up early is because the sun was going to get really hot by about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And so I try to get up early, get started on it. But of course, like I needed eight, 10 hour days in order to um, to get done what I needed to get done, sometimes 12 hour days to try to get this stuff done. And part of it was just therapeutic for me to be able to do some stuff with my hands because so much of my day-to-day -day work is work with my brain. And so to be able to turn that off for a while for some days and work with my hands is, I have found it to be refreshing. And maybe it's just because I'm over 40 now and I'm just like a different kind of just old man now. But either way, um, that's a thing. That's what I was doing. And sure enough, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, it starts to get hot, hot, hot. And it is challenging to work during the day. I so wish that I could have just set out those midday hours and just come back at like five in the afternoon and just work late. Uh, into the evening, but the reality is there also was a sunset that was going to come. And so I could not afford to waste daytime sunlight hours in the house cooling off 
I needed to be out there working. But working in the day can be challenging, y'all. I'm talking to some people that are challenged by working during the day. Man, in this season of your life, it feels like there's just so much that's going on, so much happening, so many priorities, so many things to do, so many other things to perhaps do with your time. But let me press you. It's daytime. It's daytime. That which you are going to do to advance the mission of the kingdom of God, do it now. Now is the appointed time. Bible says that there is a season for all things. Now is that season in the daytime. Some of you are in the, in, in the noonday of your lives. You have your health. You have your, your strength. You have, um, you have your sharpest mind. You have your strongest network. You have all of the tools that you need. It is noontime right now. You are at the peak of your career for some of you. It is noon. Do it now. Yes, that, that there are other uh, pursuits that you can be focused on. Uh, you can be uh, focused on simply securing the bag for yourself. But it's noontime. So it cannot simply be about securing the bag. It's also got to be about the kingdom mission. Jesus says we must work the works of, of the one who sent us while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Let me let me hurry this sermon along. The last thing that I want to share that I see in the text is that everyone is an ambassador sent. Everyone is an ambassador sent. The verse once again says we must work the works of the one of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Notice in the text that it talks about one version says him who sent me. Another version does not gender God and says the one who sent me. Either verse you prefer, the reference here is to God, is to Jehovah, is to Elohim, is to El Shaddai, is to, uh, is to God, it is to Jehovah, it is to the one who Jesus said that he had come to represent. That's the one that sent him. Jesus recognized something about this dynamic. He recognized that it functions sort of like an ambassadorship. Y'all know what an ambassadorship is. Uh, the United States has ambassadors all over the world and the ambassadors around the world are there. And while the president or the head of state for the United States is not present in those places, the ambassador is the manifested representation of that individual on foreign soil. That is the way Jesus understood himself. And that is the way that you and I are to understand ourselves. We are ambassadors. Yes, we are the representation of God in the particular spaces where we move about. Yes, yes, God may not be bodily and physically present at your job, at your cubicle, in your organization, in your business, in your vocation, but you are. You are on an ambassadorship sent to do some good work. Question is, Will you do it? Will you work the works of the one that sent you while it is day? Because the sunset is coming. We ain't got all day. 
shifts and changes are coming. We will have to get out of our way, get out of the way for the next generation to have their turn at it. Nighttime is coming. Yes, every every weekend there are uh, cars going into the cemeteries. There are families gathering for funerals. We are headed towards sunset. All of us, all of our numbers will be called. As our elders used to say, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Yes, sunset is coming for all of us. Will you while it is day? As I used to say, while the blood is running warm in your veins, will you work the works of the one who sent you? For those of you that have the Christ Center career book, um, you remember this from table, I think it's table 9.1, um, where uh, the author talks about the deployment, the deployment of our, of our skills, of our vocational skills. What are we going to do with them? Uh, the author shares four things that I want to share with you guys that, that may, may not be a part of the community group so that you'll have, any, have it in your hearing. The first is bloom. And what the author references there, and there's all, she also has a website, vocationalstewardship.org, where she talks about these pathways, these four different pathways that you can check out. The first pathway is to bloom. And what she talks about there is that you are effectively promoting the kingdom in and through your daily work, right? That's a lot of what we've talked about. It's just right where you're planted right now, whatever you're doing, bloom right there. The second way, I'll share these quickly, is to donate. That is uh, volunteering your vocational talent outside of your job. And so perhaps you are an accountant. Are there some organizations? Like we actually do have one. So Vina, our CFO, volunteers her, her vocational. She donates her vocational skill to City Point and doesn't charge City Point anything for doing our bookkeeping um, and our, our general accounting for our church. She is leveraging her, um, her secular vocational skills to benefit the kingdom. Some of you are in similar spaces. Are there some small businesses that you can support that if they had that, it could help take their business to another level? Are there some nonprofits that you can support with those skills? Perhaps you work in tech and you've got these, these very technical skills that can support, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a small business, those are ways that we can donate um, donate our, um, our vocational uh, skills. The third way is through inventing. Uh, and there the author talks about launching a social enterprise, right? Perhaps that is a skill that you have. You're an innovator, you're a business starter. Perhaps it's a social enterprise. It's something that benefits the greater good and is not just simply for profit. Uh, we've been talking about some social enterprise stuff here at City Point. We we've been talking about um, perhaps as a as an uh, as an additional phase to our cooperative economics initiative that we in the future look to begin to purchase multifamily buildings in the city, with the purpose of providing below market rate rent for people that don't have housing vouchers. They're just middle class folks that that need a break, that need a more affordable place to afford. And because City Point Community Church owns that building, we can provide it to them below market rate because our goal isn't necessarily profit driven. It's driven by a mission to provide affordable housing in the city. That is 
an example of social enterprise, but that doesn't even have to be limited to a church. Five of you could syndicate together and get together and, and decide to invest together collectively with each other to do a similar kind of kind of project. Uh, the fourth one and final one that she mentions is invest. And there she talks about participating in your church's targeted initiative. Here we talk about the community fund. And so some of us are blessed through our vocations to be able to earn, uh, earn good income. And so we can uh, perhaps invest, right, those resources, those dollars into City Point's targeted initiative like the Cooperative Economics Fund, uh, Cooperative Economics Initiative, rather, where we're pooling resources together, redirecting funds from some of our in-person services into a fund so that we can provide um, material support for members. That's our small business grants that we've, uh, or small small business grant that we've done. It's our um, uh, down payment assistance for housing that we've done. Those kinds of things, being able to invest, being able to invest some capital when we get ready to start doing these multifamily buildings. So there are multiple ways, multiple pathways that we can think of to do the work. But whatever we do, we need to realize that we ain't got all day and we need to work the work of the one that sent us while it is day. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for pushing us with your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will not let us be settled in our hearts or in our spirits until we get ourselves busy doing the work that you sent us to do. Help us to keep our mind fixed on the broad mission of the kingdom of God, ultimately so that you may be glorified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.